This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Welcome to part two of our two-part look at season two's finale, uh, Star One. If you haven't heard last week's, we urge you to listen to that, uh, that one first, because that's all about Durkin and the Federation side of things. Now it's part two, it's the Liberator's side, plus our guest character, Lorena. And over there, in darkest, deepest Wales, is Ian. Hello, Ian. Hello, Eric. We're at Star One. We've made it. We have made it. We have made it. We enjoyed last week. We did, yes. Last week we was did. good, but it was tantalising, wasn't it? It was tantalising because this is the meat now. The, yeah. the, the, the meat is in this part. Yeah, so, we, we've, we've eaten the crusts off. We're now at the lovely slab of ham. There are some elements of ham there um, is, yes. in, in here, but uh, it's enjoyable. It's the um, best quality ham. Yes. This is hand-carved, three-quid-a-slice ham. There you go, there you go. Yeah. Perful, per- perfect capsule comment on uh, <laughs> on this bit that we're going to talk about. So, let's crack on, let's get into it. Um, as we said last week, um, the first bit we see with the Liberator is that nice... Um, uh, we we're, we have Serverland going, nobody knows where Star One is, yes. no no one at all, and we cut to this lovely, graceful shot of the Liberator flying through space, really, really nice, and we go inside. So if Lurgan's coordinates are correct, Star One is somewhere in there. Which makes it about the only thing that is. At least we'll recognise it when we see it, even if we don't recognise it when we see it, if it's the only thing that's there, if you see what I mean. Shut up, Jenna. I'm just trying to help. What do you think, Jenna? It's riskier than it looks. These coordinates are not precise enough. And however they built Star One, it's not going to be so big that we can't miss it. We'll probably have to search. It's a long way out, Blake. A long way from the edge of the galaxy. It's infinity. You're asking us to plunge out into infinity. Oh, come on, Kelly, that's a slight exaggeration. Is it? What, the space between the island galaxies? It's the nearest we'll come to infinity before we die. If anything goes wrong out there, we won't have a prayer. Because nothing and nobody goes out that far. I hadn't thought of it like that. The Federation went out there. We've only got Lurgan's word for that, and we didn't even get it firsthand. There is only Lurgan's word. Everybody else who knew is either dead or amnesiac. One clue, just one, and we have got it. Why are you listening to this drivel, Blake? We can take Star One. Let's get on with it. Very stirring. When did you become a believer? Are you just going to sit there? You have led them by the nose before. Excuse me, are you going to answer her question? Show me someone who believes in anything, and I will show you a fool. I meant what I said on Goth, Avon. We are not going to use Star One to rule the Federation. We are going to destroy it. I never doubted that. I never doubted your fanaticism. As far as I am concerned, you can destroy whatever you like. You can stir up a thousand revolutions. You can wade in blood up to your armpits. Oh, and you can lead the rabble to victory, whatever that might mean, just so long as there is an end to it. When Star One is gone, it is finished, Blake. 
And I want it finished. I want it over and done with. I want to be free. But you are free now, Avon. I want to be free of him. I never realized. You really do hate me, don't you? When we have dealt with Star One, I will take you back to Earth, and then the Liberator is mine. Agreed. Agreed. Assuming the others go along with it. Why should we? Yes, why should we? It's all a bit high-handed, if you ask me. Liberator is approaching Sector Nine. Navigation computers now require further instructions. Well, do we look for Star One? We'll finish what we set out to do. Nothing else is settled. Are we fanatics? Does it matter? Many, many people will die without Star One. I know. Are you sure that what we're going to do is justified? It has to be. Don't you see, Callie? If we stop now, then all we have done is senseless killing and destruction, without purpose, without reason. We have to win. It's the only way I can be sure that I was right. That you were right. And there we have Blake, don't we? We do, yes. He's 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 in all of his end of season glory, isn't he? All of I really do think I was going to say this later on, but I really do think Gareth Thomas is actually enjoying this. Yes, there's a bit of fun going on in in well, his I, performance. You know, you know, if you like, you're at a job and you might you might have enjoyed it once, but you got to the point where you're bored in it, and you you've applied for another job and you've got it, and you hand your notice in, and you've got that carefree period between when mm. you've handed your notice in, but it's not quite where you've got to start worrying about the next job. Mm. But you know you've, the next job is there. And I get the feeling that's him. He's, Yeah, he's he's enjoying it for the first time in a long time because he knows this it's is ending. it. ending, yeah. yeah. I don't think so, so much about with Sally Nivette, but definitely with Gareth yeah. Thomas. No, yeah. Sally Nivette, I get the feeling she just wanted it over. She's, she puts very, very little effort. She she appears bored throughout this. Mm. She It's not a good swan song for Jenna. It's no, a great one for Blake. It's really, really good, strong. Yeah, Blake if, if 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 we never saw Blake again, yeah. it's a good way to go out. This is the last time we ever see Jenna, and yeah, it is a bit lacklustre, isn't it? She yeah. is just going through the motions, I think. Yeah, I don't. I sort of get the feeling there's no love lost between her and the program at this point. No, she was fed up, wasn't shows, she? Yeah, 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 yeah. But there he is. There's Blake. It, he's doing this hilarious, pointing to a clear piece of acetate. Yeah. You know, for our benefit, you know, he's holding it up to the camera and pointing, saying, well, you know, if Lurgan's correct, Star One is somewhere in <laughs> yeah. here. It should <laughs> be somewhere around here. Yes. I mean, I don't know what scale that map is, but it's quite an area, isn't it? It is quite an area, but there's nothing yeah. there because, yeah. you know, um, you know, so it is nothing. I mean, I, that's a great line from Villa, that little moment he has with Callie about at least we'll recognise it when we see it, even if we don't recognise it. Yeah. When, when we see it, if you see what I mean, and you, you know, Callie's oh, shut up, Villa. Yes. I, 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 I love that. Well, I, I mean, it, we get some lovely liberated scenes, but I do have take issue with that. They saying that, that this when they when they notice that this this dying star is out in interstellar space. No, it's not. It's not. It can't By be. By definition, it's <laughs> yes. the last star. Is or it's the first star of the Andromeda the Andromedan galaxy, one. Yes, but it's yeah. not. 
interstellar space at that point. No, this is intergalactic space they're just about yes. to go into. Therefore, yeah. it's between the galaxies. Therefore, there is no star. It's yeah. the furthest one, you know? But yeah, it's, that's it. It's, technically, they haven't left the galaxy yet because they're no. this side of star one. And star one is the last star in the galaxy. Yeah, it's like if they suddenly discover another planet beyond our solar system a little bit further yes. on well that's just yeah. made our solar system a bit bigger bigger hasn't it? yeah exactly yeah it's not it's not between it's just made it bigger there are many many things in this story where if you think too much oh, it yes. falls apart yeah. but you don't think too much because it's so darn enjoyable isn't you it you do get swept up into this i mean I, i've watched it twice now uh, in the last couple of weeks and uh, even the second time you get swept up in it it's so well written, well acted, and well timed. There's no real dull patches. There's no nope. no bit where you go, oh, I'll, I'll go make a cup of tea at this point. You, nope. it, as soon as it hits, you're riveted to it. Or you should that, be. If you're not, you're probably not. Shouldn't be watching Blake Seven. Yeah, or listening to this. Or yeah. listening to this. Yes. Yeah. Do no, I mean, with your life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is why this is my favourite story. Yep. You've perfectly summed that up there, you know. Um, yep. You know, God forbid, but the BBC um, ever show it again. If I'm channel hopping and suddenly yep. I come across Star One, well, that's me done. I'm not leaving the room yeah, until it's finished. It. If, yeah, if you don't like Star One, you don't like Blake Seven. Or mm. or your class in Blake Seven is something I wouldn't recognise. Mm. Yeah. You know? I suppose yeah. there could be some people that that think Season 4 is the only definitive Blake Seven that might not like it, but... We don't want to talk to them. Do no, we? we don't want to talk to them. No. <laughs> um, yeah, this is um, Jenna's swan song, and yes. at least they give her things to do. I mean, towards the end, she's got stuff to do, but here she's she's back to how she was at the beginning. She's Jenna the pilot. She's yeah. skeptical. She says it's a long way out. You yeah, know? she could have. I think there's enough there's enough meat for Jenna here that she could have, if she'd have put a bit of effort in it, it could have been a really memorable sort of end episode for it. But yeah, she just. She's not not putting any inclination no, into the the, no. the line readings, but at least she's yeah she's not doing nothing. I mean, Callie doesn't get a huge amount to do. No, she's here yeah. as well, isn't yeah. she? She she's she, she's agreeing with Jenna. You know, you're, you're asking us to step out into infinity, yeah. and you know, if anything happens, nobody ever goes out that far. We haven't got a chance, which yeah. causes yeah. some nice filler to have doubts. Yeah, yeah, yep. but straight after that. We have, hands down, my favourite ever Avon moment, which is when he says, like, why, why are you listening to this drivel, Blake? You've got the yeah. location of Star One. Let's get on with it. And out it pours, doesn't it? Yes. You know? this, this is really good. This is, um, this is distilled Avon. He's had enough. His, his normal... I mean, Avon's sort of brusque at the best of times, but this shows that he was holding back mm -hmm. he was doing his best to be sociable and this is it it's over it's some gorgeous stuff and we're sort of watching it and she's going yeah he, he really does hate blake doesn't he, he really does not get on with him and that's why no. she doubts when blake says he trusted him it's like how unless blake's an idiot <laughs> he must have known that avon hated him and you can't can you trust someone that hates you I, yeah it's interesting it's good good character stuff it's good character stuff, and it's brilliantly acted oh, by, yeah, Paul by, by Paul Darrow. This is my favourite, favourite, favourite. You know, yes, it, it, out it comes. Everything that he's been bottling up, he wants to be free of Blake. Yeah. 
he, he doesn't want to be free of the Liberator. He wants the Liberator. No, he wants the Liberator. But he's yeah, had but enough of Blake. He's had about. enough of yeah. mucking around. Yeah, yeah. He considers Blake a fanatic. Yeah, really. And he's, I he? think he's right. He's, you know, he's done his bit. Mm. I think. But it, we should hold a lot of this off for our Avon episode. Yes, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it finished. I want to be free. But you are free now. I want um, to be free of, of you. <laughs> it's that superb. performance. Yeah. yeah. And um, he he doesn't answer the question when when no. Blake says you really do hate me, don't you? Yeah. He doesn't answer it, does he? I think he's probably thinking, "God, you're thick." <laughs> I've just shouted at I'm you fi- for ten minutes. <laughs> do you remember what we said before about when we've discussed the relationship between Avon and Blake? In that yeah. Avon can't believe that Blake is real. He's too good to be true. Yes. He's waiting yeah. for you know. The, yeah, he's waiting for him to do what he, Avon would do. He's waiting yeah. for that turn moment. And here, he's poking the bear, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he, he wants him to yeah. let him down, because he's sure at some point yeah. Blake will let him down. Well, if Blake but he lets doesn't. Him down, yeah, if Blake lets him down, then Avon's completely in the clear for betraying him. And I mm-hmm. think this is, or this is also what's needling Avon, is that this isn't happening. Unfortunately, Blake is one of those goody-goody two shoes types he's not yep. gonna and not and gonna... I, I i really do believe that at the end of this story that's why avon doesn't just run away in the liberator yeah and, and he's got his get... own sort of code of honor hasn't he it? has yes yeah. right now in in this season in season two he definitely yes. has yeah um and yeah yeah a fascinating fascinating uh character yeah. avon. superb it's really i mean it, it it's what annoys me when you sort of Whenever you see the media talking about Blake Seven, it's always as if it's a guilty pleasure, like it's a cheesy, set wobbling, badly yeah. acted, and it couldn't be further from the no. truth. It's no. this is good drama, not even sci-fi, not even Blake Seven. This is good drama. This is stuff that would win awards now. If if we, you know, if 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 the um, critics are right, if that show was the thing that they perceive it to be, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. No. Really? No, you, would we? I mean, we, because we, funny enough, we were just discussing uh, yesterday on um, Eric's, uh, I was going to say sister show, brother show, other show. Other show. Yeah, his other show, effectively speaking. We were talking about Voice of Bottom Sea and we were talking about Owen Allen stuff. And that's enjoyable, but that's enjoyable hokum. Can you imagine us doing a hundred episodes based on the characters no, of Voice of the Bottom of Sea? <laughs> Couldn't, no. I can't even watch Owen Allen shows without getting bored, you know? No, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's hard to get through a 52-minute show, let alone 52 Talk episodes. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here we are. We're still finding new things out and discovering new things and new little nibbles of entertainment mm. in these episodes. It, it, when you think about it, it's astounding. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, they, that, they move off into intergalactic space yes um, yeah I, and... I presume there's some sort of painted white line with a sign yes. on it saying you know uh last last petrol for 52 yes. billion light years <laughs> that's a lovely shot where you've got yeah. the liberator with the milky way yeah. in the background that is a it's beautiful nice. beautiful shot isn't it nice though to see some non-stock footage shots that was done again. especially yeah. for this yeah. and it was done bloody well as well really considering well it's done, the yeah. end of season two and there's not much money left yeah um, well, we're, we're not used used to we i mean the the american sort of idea of of a season arc and then a, a series finale where you pulled out all the stops that wasn't really a british thing i mean doctor who very rarely had a season finale the season would just end 
wouldn't yeah. it? The, the, the money would run out. And they would put it, it all at the year, beginning man. of the show, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. Like Trial of Time yeah. Lord. You had that big effect sequence exactly, at the beginning yeah. you of would spe- yeah. You would spend your money to try and get the viewers hooked. Yeah. You wouldn't keep it. And this, I think this is sort of the first, the first inkling of the let's actually do something big for the final episode. Because we had Orac and it was, but when you strip away the fact that Orac joins at that point, so mm. there's not much epic in that episode, is it? There's not much. Uh, sort of, the, you could put that anywhere in a season, mm. and you would go, "Oh, okay." But this is epic. This is this is you can feel everything rush into a uh, a conclusion. If they ended oh, the series boy. here, you'd still think of it as an f- absolutely fabulous show. Yeah, and boy, so much happens towards the end. I was astonished yeah. when I was watching it, and we got down to the like the last ten minutes. So much happens yeah. in the last ten minutes. It's quite incredible. It is. It's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, while they're going off into intergalactic space, Callie questions Blake and s- says, you know, are, is what we're doing justified? And yeah. he, he comes Boy, back with a very line. good point yeah. about, of course, because if we don't, everything we've been yeah. doing is senseless killing and destruction. It's It's got to have a meaning, hasn't it? But this is this is classic Blake, the ends justify the means, isn't it? As long as he wins, then everyone then everything's has died all right. and everyone he's killed and everything he's destroyed... That's okay because he's won. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, very, um, very sort of weird, tyranty view. This is this is the same view that would that kings of old would have. You know, like yeah. the Tudor times and things like that, where thousands of of peasants died. But as long as the king still had his throne or got the yeah. throne, yeah, it's worth. Then it's all right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's. I've always been curious about this line coming up where where, when Blake says it's the only way to be sure that I was right Callie says that you were right what does she mean by that is she just talking personally that you know that 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 you were right well what about me or is she talking about the whole of the crew or what when she says that you were right I've never understood that line I think she's she twigs with this line that it wasn't about freedom or ending oppression or Given the 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 average Joe, you know, self determination, she's she's just twigged that Blake's doing it for him, ah. for himself. Yeah, that's how I read it anyway. Um, right. And I think you you got that look that crosses uh, Callie's face again. Superb bit of acting from uh, 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 I've forgotten her name, Jan Raven, Jan Chappelle. Yeah. I was thinking, Josette Simon? No. <laughs> no. The word's good bit of acting. And <laughs> no. Josette Simon, don't go together. Uh, yeah, from, from Jan Chappelle. It's absolutely superb. It costs the effect. And you think, oh, he's, yeah. he's overplayed his hand a little bit there, Blake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, fabulous stuff on the Liberator. Um, yes. And, and we've got to fast forward um, to the wipe that we mentioned last week about yes, how you go yeah. from the photo <laughs> of Lorena, our guest yeah. character, to the real one. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just a routine check, Lorena. Is that why you're using a laser probe? I've been watching you, Stott. I know. Your behaviour has been very suspicious for some time now. Forgive me, Lorena, but, well, we've all noticed that you seem to be under some kind of stress. 
There was nothing wrong with that control circuit. I checked myself an hour ago. That's why I was checking it again. You think I don't know what I'm doing? I'm afraid that's what we all think. Someone's been tampering with the systems. It can only be you. Your conditioning, a reaction to it. You're not to blame. You're ill, that's all. Stay where you are, or I'll kill him. We only want to help you, Lorena. Please, put down the gun. Yes, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Stay where you are! Do as she says, pardon. I see it now. You're all in this together. That's impossible. You know that's impossible. You're all against me. All of you, whispering, plotting behind my back. You want to kill me. We want to help you. Don't move! Please, Lorena. Get after her. Find her before she does any more damage. And don't bother to bring her back. Just kill her. I was right. We should have done it as soon as we knew. I didn't realize how far she got. Now she's running around loose. Well, at least we know what to expect, anyway. And after all, what can she do alone? She is the last one. Yes, and it's the same shot. It's, it's not only the shot. same shot, it's the Yeah, is it exact identical? She's got the same hair length, yeah. she's wearing the same outfit. You know? well, but you're think, not supposed to yeah. notice that. No, well, I mean, it, it strikes me as that they filmed the other bit first and then got a still from it, and that's what's shown on screen. <laughs> I think that's what they're it's, doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, how much time, you said last week, how much time is meant to have elapsed? Yeah. Because this how long suggests have they been Star on 1 Star is 1? just being set up, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so it is a bit silly. Yeah, you do get a feeling not long after this team were put on Star 1, the Andromedans turned up and started uh, taking them over in a very, um, you know, the thing way. Yeah, really good. I mean, especially they didn't need this in because the the tie between uh, um, Durkin and, is it Lorena? Lorena? Lorena. Doesn't need to be there. It serves no plot purpose at all. Nope. Um, so you could have cut that out and then you would have had a nice bit of ambiguity on how long has this been because you wouldn't have that jar in cut. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, the, the only way you could sort of make this work is if they they had just gone there to set Star 1 up mm. or to, you know, to, to, to give it some maintenance or something. And you get the feeling that the Andromedans already knew it was there and they'd already infiltrated or yeah. you know it's 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 a little bit confused time-wise yeah like, you mustn't think too wise. much like i yeah. say with many things in this story you mustn't yes. think too much but she's there yeah we get this uh segue to her and she's yeah. questioning stott right yes. this guy called stott originally i had a plan to do stott we were yeah. gonna look at stott but um after i met Jenny Twig, who plays Lorena, I thought, oh no, let's do you instead. Yeah, of... and she's and, and... yeah, she is a better one to do because really. Oh, sorry, that was what my was phone it? then. Oh, no. That was my phone. That was weird because really mm. we couldn't do Stark because we never meet Stark as a not the real Stark. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, he's just hanging there, isn't yeah. he? Um, yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, I, 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 oh, sorry, that's my mother. A UFO. That... That's no, no. It's Joe Ninety. Joe Ninety, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that's not my mother playing the Joe Ninety theme. That's my yeah. phone playing the Joe Ninety theme to say that my mother was calling. Oh, sorry about that. I've just There's just, just turned that off. Some Freudian imagery there that you've chosen Joe Ninety <laughs> theme for your mother. <laughs> no, it's for everyone. If you call oh. me on that, I, I, I'll oh, get okay, Joe Ninety. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so 
there she is. She's questioning Stott. And right from the start, we've got this clue that things aren't quite right. Because we've got this background noise, this alien background yeah. noise. Whenever an alien's around, we've got that. Is that there? Can Lorena hear that, do you think? Or is I, that just a clue for us, the viewers? I think it's a clue for us. Otherwise, she'd be even stupider than It's done very yes. well, isn't it? You know, the fact yeah. that it's only ever there if an alien is on screen. Yeah. It's nice that they play they play the other character. So you, you if you've come to this sort of cold, you might be thinking that she's going to be the the alien, the one that's mm-hmm. going mad or cause it, because they're, everything they say, all their lines are very cleverly done that they could be read one of two ways, and it? Once you know mm-hmm. they're aliens, it makes sense. But before you know they're aliens, it makes sense that they're worried about her And the focus goes on mad. her. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. It's, 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 it's nice Chris Boucher, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he's well, a I mean, Chris, Chris Boucher, clever bugger. Yes, <laughs> clever bugger Boucher, we'll call yes. him. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Stott's saying that she's under strain, and yeah. they all think... Uh, that she's been under strain, that she's been fiddling with the systems. Yeah. Uh, a reaction to her programming. We've already yeah. been told that they've, you, you know, be programmed so they can't fiddle with things. Yeah, and if they do, they will go mad, which mm. she could, you could get the feeling that she's tampered with something. And, and going mad. she's going mad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, she's showing paranoia, isn't she? Because yes, definitely. she says, you're all plotting behind me, you know, whispering behind my back, you know... Uh, Again, one of these stories when when you know the plot and you watch it again, all the clues are there, but you don't know that on your first viewing. You know, yes. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It, I'd, it'd be nice to come to be able to wipe my mind and watch this again. Mm, that's what I was thinking with with no foreknowledge, because um, I think it you would you would get a lot out of it. Well, in your later years, yeah, in your later years, you might get Alzheimer's. In which case, you know, you might be rediscovering Blake Seven for the first time. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the side effects of Alzheimer's. One of the nice, (laughs) one of the nice effects of it. You can watch Blake Seven all over again, all over again, and Star Wars or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But that is all. We we then get a massive clue that something's not what it appears because we get um, that other guy. I can't remember what his name is. Says, He's a creepy man, yeah. He is very creepy. What can she do alone? After all, she is the last one, and you get a musical cue yeah. for mystery, you know? Yeah, that's like something. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she, she, she's, she's run off. She's legged yes. it and gone off to hide while the Liberator is uh, scanning for Star One. Anything on the detectors? No. Jenna, how long before we reach Lurgan's coordinates? Eight minutes. If there's anything there, it should be showing by now. Perhaps Star One doesn't come within detector range until we reach the coordinates. Our detectors are better than anything the Federation have got. We should be able to see it by now. I think we can. There, you see, at the extreme edge of the range. What is it? The readings say that it is a star. Small, pale, and very dense. A white dwarf, by the look of it. But you couldn't put a computer complex on that, could you? Hardly. Does it have a planetary system? Probably not a system, more likely a single planet. A single planet orbiting an isolated dying star. Star one. Seems reasonable. Yeah, they're still trying to find it. They're still trying to find it. Yeah, they can't see anything. Um, But Avon thinks that they can. A, A small pale star. 
All right. Yeah, I don't. This is, you know, in programs when someone will turn around and say, look, and then the camera pulls around and it's a couple of seconds before what they've reacted to actually does show up. Yeah. And this is the same. So Avon goes, I think we can. And then there's a couple of seconds and then it starts. And it's like, yes. how did you know? Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. same screen. Yeah. We've got this same thing again about that we've said about Avon before. He he'll he'll just come up with some you, you yeah. know idea and no way of backing it up. And he goes, well, probably not a a, a, a whole system, <coughs> maybe one solitary planet. Yeah, one solitary planet orbiting a dying star. Well, he's right, yeah. but he is, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's heck of a guess. That yes, yeah. I think he reads the scripts, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> Well, back on Star One, you know, yep. Stott and that other guy, they're talking and they can't find Lorena and that other one. He wants to revert to his normal form. Yes, which is quite nice because at this point you don't know what's happening. And then they're, they're talking about, like, keeping this form reverting to, to the original form. So, ooh, what are they going to be? Right. Because we imagine say... they'll be just... just people that are blue or something don't we that's all we've well, had so far is blue people and stuff let's have this now because i was going to save it until yeah. we see an andromedan dead um we i can't remember what episode we we, we talked about it where we I, I i said i don't know if that is an andromedan yeah. when they changed that's a, yeah. a, a liquidated dead. yeah dead Andromedan because Stott later says you know I take your form I I use your words so therefore he's used to speaking he has lungs he has a mouth to you know produce words and stuff so what do Andromedans actually look like um I don't know because Avon says um he, he says uh she says what are they and he goes unfriendly which is a good because they're not built for looks so he he's taken it that that's what they look like he's not he's not thinking oh that's just a side effect of a gun hmm. so i i think this is their actual if it was if if a gun does that normally to someone i think avon wouldn't say that would he, he would he wouldn't even look twice because it's hmm. that's what the guns do so i don't think it is i think that is the andromedans i think they're just blobby little oiks they're like carlids, aren't they? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, um, mm. All right, we'll talk about this in a minute. Yeah. When, yeah. When, when we get to the blobby bit, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it a bit more, right? Because I've got a bit more to say about that. Right. Because, um, yeah, Stott is against them reverting to their normal selves yeah. because her, her I think he conditioning can't break down. Yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. leave slime everywhere, and I, you don't want to yes, clear it Yes, there's up. that as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and meanwhile, Lorena, she knocks something over in the cupboard she's hiding in, yep. and there's a guy called Sharkoff who she shoots and kills. Um, yeah. We don't see what happens to him, but we hear it, don't we? We hear that bubbling, gurgling noise. Yes, yeah, we get the uh, the horrified reaction, which is always, yes. I like that, because it leaves a lot to the imagination. And again, the music yeah. as well is good yeah, there really as well. And the sound effects. Good, good yeah. sound mix on this episode. the The whole thing is is yeah. brilliant. That the, the, the whole story is brilliant. Great, 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 great A story. Yes, yeah. So we go back to the Liberator. Put the planet on visual. Confirmed. Looks like yet another garden paradise. Service conditions. The atmosphere is breathable. Surface temperatures are low. Calculations suggest that they rise above freezing point only during daylight hours at the equator. Good. It is? You like dead planets with dying suns? I do when I'm looking for a complex underground installation. 
Jenna, program a course to orbit the planet's equator. You don't have to explain it to me. I only came for the ride. With surface conditions like that, where would you build the main installation? Course program laid in. Maximum scan, Callie. Look for anything unusual right at place. Sudden temperature variations, anything. They're bound to have left some clue as to where they put that installation. A door would be nice if you could manage it. I'll do my best. Preferably one marked entrance. Ready on the scan, Jenna. Run course program. Confirmed. Course program running. I have been doing some calculations. If this is Star One, if it is, first catch your computer. But all right, it probably is. And that being the case, the choice of location is fascinating. I'm glad you're enjoying it. The nearest large galaxy to our own is Andromeda. So, so this is the nearest point to Andromeda. If anyone could cross intergalactic space in less than a lifetime, we are now precisely upon the route that they would take. What are you trying to say, Em? I directed the detectors toward the Andromeda galaxy. There are thousands of satellite generators out there, beyond Star One. What? Even with the Federation's resources, it must have taken them years. That must be the biggest antimatter minefield ever put together. Minefield? What minefield? Perhaps the intergalactic drive has been developed. Question is, by whom? A defense zone to keep mankind in. Or something else out. And uh, Blake's looking for a temperature variation. Yeah. And here we are. This is, you know, Gareth Thomas having a bit of fun. You know, yeah, a door nice. would be nice. You know, yeah, it's nice to see Blake relaxing and smiling a bit again, isn't it? It's because he's fat. He's he's so close now, and he could have played it where he just becomes more and more sort of uh, fanatical, and he doesn't. He chooses to play it in quite a light hard way. So some of the lines he has later on, you know, when he meets the aliens, superb. And Gareth Thomas, it's, it's like, oh, I wish he'd have stayed at this point. Do you, do you think he was having second thoughts? You know, oh, I've got this meaty role at the end and everything, and it's like, oh, do, do I, I think he was. I think he was a good enough or experienced enough actor to know that, that probably if your role's been a bit crap for the last year, one episode is not going to no, help. No, it'll it. just revert. I, I think he's he's a he's a, a typical actor in that Chris Boucher sort of put a bit extra in here for him, and he's grabbed it with both hands, and he's really. Yeah. I think he's just. You're right. He's just enjoying himself as an actor, and that that shows because he's yeah. enjoying himself. We're enjoying ourselves. It's yeah. it's really good. But you do if if you've been struggling with the character of Blake, watch this episode, and you'll. There's no denying that Blake's the hero. Yes. In yeah, this. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Avon finds this all very fascinating. Um, yes. He, he sent scanners towards Andromeda. This is the nearest point to Andromeda. You say Gareth Thomas who was enjoying himself. I think it had a knock-on effect with Paul Darrow because yeah. Paul Darrow seems to be enjoying himself as well. But well, I, the I way he Paul delivers Darrow, these yeah. lines. I think Paul Darrow has enjoyed himself all along. I think it's only late so season three we get the the lackluster Paul Darrow, but then he's been working with talent. So. Um, yes. <laughs> but I, I wonder if Paul Darrow was thinking, this time next year, we'll be in Avon 7. It'll be my mm. show. Yes, it could be that as well. I won't be well. playing second fiddle to a perm head. 
buffoon. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, but yeah, Avon, I'd love this, that, that they're all fixated on Star 1. But Avon, because he's brilliant, he knows the interesting thing is not Star 1. No, 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 no. It's, it's why Star 1 is there. They are the nearest point to Andromeda, so he sent the scanners over there. Yeah. And there are thousands of satellite generators. All right. Right. Satellite generator. Presumably, a satellite generator is something that is making these mines, is it? It's a, well, like a factory ship that's creating mines and then laying them out. Is that what it's doing? I don't know what, whether he means the, 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 the generators are the mines, that they're generating some sort of detection field, or... I never thought of that, that it could be that, yeah, the generators are generating the mines, they're not yeah. the mines themselves. He doesn't say mines, he no. says no, satellite true, generators. Yeah. Blake has a look and he says that's the biggest antimatter minefield ever put yeah. together. So I think these are generators which make them. Because Just if there are thousands, about making them. Yeah, it's true. how many people made these things? It's an analog universe, yeah. you know. That you, you would have to have navvies out there making mines and yeah. laying them, you know. Um, so I, I take it that there's, yeah, satellite generators are going along, laying mines Generating as they go. Yes, mines, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Last week, I think it was last week, we were saying about, you know, Blake 7 has this thing where it could be all set on sea because it's a naval-type yeah. thing. And here we have it with this defence zone, right? Yeah, it could be an old-fashioned blob, you know, a point, pointy-eared minefield, couldn't it, that yep. you, you, funny enough, you used to get in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea as well. You do. Yeah. <laughs> you do indeed. It's all on a horizontal plane, yes. according yeah. to this. The, the, the minefield is horizontal. It doesn't go up, it doesn't go down, it's not in three dimensions. Yeah. You know? Well, they did, um, Next Gen did an episode where... Uh, they they knew that the Romulan Empire had newly cloaked ships that they couldn't detect, so they put up a uh, a ship field, so basically ships within scanning range, and they they built up this defence field between the Federation and uh, the Romulan Empire, and they sort of run into the same issue that in reality that would be incredibly difficult because space is big. Yes. And I get the feeling with this, you're right, that they're, they're thinking of two-dimensional again, aren't they? Yep. Because in space, you can go over it, you yeah, can go under it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, but we're not supposed to think like that. We're not supposed to think like that, are we? No, no, you're meant to think it's like a fence. Yeah, it's a fence. It's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has made a defence zone to keep the Andromedans yeah. out, basically. Yes, yeah. And that, and, and that's what Blake says. He's, he says a defence zone to keep man in yeah. or keep something else out, you know? Now, yeah, which is a weird line because we know that they know that it's not like everyone's trying to leave this galaxy. There's, this has never been a problem that they would need to keep someone in. So I'm not sure why Blake sort of leaps to that. Thought. Well, I thought he's um, he's thinking about Killer. You know that yeah, well, zone yeah, where yeah. There, there, there was an alien thing yeah. and, you know, didn't want anything to do with mankind. So, you know, did all the things in Killer. So it might yeah. be on his mind that actually there might be another alien threat out there and this yeah. is to stop them coming in. It would have been nice to try and tie them together, wouldn't it? If they'd have just, you know... Because they sort of... Because at one point, um, uh, they they sort of say, uh, you know, to, to all access to do... To, to, to set this off, it would have needed perhaps a scout ship to be discovered in that. And mm -hmm. it would have been nice if at that point 
they'd have tried it and Blake said, like the ship that carried the plague in season yes. one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Two. Yeah. It, it would have been nice to tie it all together like that. But yeah. unfortunately, we, we, us fans have to do it, don't we? Because the producers didn't really care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know, Avon here says, you know, even with the Federation's resources, it must yes. have taken them years. So the Federation have known about the Andromedans and the threat of Andromedans for years. Now, we're going to talk about that right? shortly. Yes, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he does. The only thing they don't know now is where the control system for it is. Yeah. But, yeah, Servalan, I'm sure, we were talking last week about it, does Servalan yeah. know? I'm sure Servalan knows about the Andromedans and that they're outside this barrier, and heaven forbid, should the barrier fail, they're going to come through, yeah. you know? Lots yeah, yeah. Hairy alien. yeah, I've got something to say about that as yeah. well in a minute. All right, so we go back to Star One, and Lorena, she quite cleverly, she opens the front door, doesn't she, yes. um, to outside, and then hides in another cupboard. And uh, the this crew, these unnamed people, they take the bait, um, and... As they go out, she turns on the light, turns round, and there's the real Stott and yes. all the others. You know, and it's quite a shocking little scene, isn't it? It's quite, it's quite gruesome for that yeah. time of night, isn't it? You know, with it's their innocent. white eyes. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all hanging up. I don't know why yeah. they're hanging up. Yeah, I don't know why the uh, the Andromedans wouldn't have just dragged them outside. I mean, and bury right them next because, to a front door. Yeah, or just yeah because Stott's saying, yeah, Stott's saying we can't, we, we, we've got to keep the pretense up because yeah. her conditioning could break down. But all the original real people are hanging up in a meat locker. Yeah, with no, I mean, put a sheet over them. <laughs> do you something. I mean? Do something. Again, don't think about it. Don't think yeah, about don't it. Don't think about it. Yeah. All right. Enjoy, well, enjoy the episode. Come on. There you go. Yeah, right. So on the Liberator, Villa's handling one of the Liberator bombs. Don't like explosives. Very crude. Difficult to reason with a bomb. Blake! They won't explode until they are primed. And if it was faulty, Bill later complained to the manufacturer. Scanners are showing a temperature variation. From the pattern, it could almost be the door you were talking about. Yeah, the the, little the, these clockwork, yep. clockwork bombs, aren't they? They are. Which, yes. which Alex at Century Casting produces fully he made does, ones yeah. that work and everything. I was handling one you of can, his. You Ooh, can uh, time your eggs with them, can't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I, where do you get these bombs from? You know, has the Liberator got a bomb supply in one of its rooms or what? I reckon it has. I reckon it has. This, these these are system bombs, aren't they? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Cal- sort of people that would want bombs about, don't they? Bombs, yes, yes. Callie's found the door, you know, this yes. heat, heat heat signature. It could almost be the door, you know, that you asked for. Yeah, and uh, again, nice nice little comedy Blake seven uh, Blake scene, isn't it? Where he's, mm. he's like, uh, it doesn't say welcome. <laughs> it doesn't say entrance. So. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another clue down on the planet, because, you know, the guy who's got no name, because I don't know it, um, he says we're not really sure how they function, how they function under yeah. stress. So you're given all these tidbits all the way through, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. You can start piecing it together. You know, even if you don't, if you don't have seen it before, you can start piecing it together with all the little clues so far. Which makes it so much enjoyable. When yeah, when you yeah. know, when you've seen it and you know the story, you go back and you know it's like, oh yeah, I know what he means there. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. It works really well. Um, Blake, Callie, and Avon—they teleport down 
and uh, shortly almost bump into the staff, right? Yes. And Blake assumes the truth. Yeah, they must have volunteered to be marooned here for life. Why? Why does he think this? Why, why, why can't they be other people who are trying to control Star One? Why can't they be pirates yeah. or something like that that well, stumbled across yeah. it? Because also the only... The linking is we've heard this from Serverland. We've not mm-hmm. heard this from Blake. So, yeah, ha- has he studied the same file so he knows this? But you're right. This is the... I can't... This is the sort of... The assumption bit, isn't it, that, yes. that falls down that they're there they could have just turned up there. Yes. You don't know. It's not like they're wearing Federation uniforms. No, no, no. Or perhaps they are. Perhaps that's like Federation star-based uniform things. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, they follow them in through the front door um, while Avon checks out on a landslide. There's a convenient little landslide. Just so he's hanging back a bit. Just to hold him back a bit, yes. I think it would be better if, so is this equal sexism, if he'd have tripped over a very small pile of leaves and injured his ankle and that's where he's behind a bit mm. you know like like the uh, or needed to go to the toilet to... yeah just go oh, have a pee yeah, yeah yeah i'll catch you up i need to have a wee wee yeah something like that but uh, they go in you know the staff are there you've got the alien noise and everything and she telepathically warns avon it's a trap yeah a rare occasion that Callie actually uses her ability. Yes. Um, and um, I like I, these little bits where she actually uses her telepathy and remembers she's got it. Yes. <laughs> uh, they can't be teleported. Avon tells Villa to teleport them, but it's shielded. Yeah. They, they can't be teleported. And Blake bluffs it. Yeah. And it's quite nice as well because we know that they think he's Travis because we've mm. seen it before. But if even if you didn't know that, Blake's being quite He's the hero. And, yeah, he's... he's, he's doing what he needs to do he's he's taken an imperious te- i mean it's really lucky that that they are expecting travis because mm. the way he acts is perfect travis but uh yeah it's, it's clever this i like this little sequence it shows that blake is a clever person he's not yeah he's not an idiot he's not an idiot yeah and uh a ship is coming in um jenna doesn't recognize it and it's the hairdryer ship yeah Right, this hairdryer ship, obviously, this is the ship that everybody calls the Andromedean, the alien scout ship, right? I don't think it is, though, is it? it no, this is the ship no. that Travis is on. Yeah, it's This Travis's is Travis ship. landing, right? So, I... I do when, like that it's a hairdryer ship and it blows all, them all over, doesn't it? Yeah, that, 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 yeah good point. Down. Good yeah. point. Yeah, because the last time we saw Travis in the story before, yes, he left he on Serverland's yeah. pursuit ship. Now he's in this ship. Yeah. At no point d- does anyone say that that belongs to the, you know, aliens. All right? No, I so, just think it's another... It's just a, a ship that Travis has commandeered or he had set aside. Yes. You yeah. know... So, so can, can, can we just step to one side and just talk about this hairdryer ship, yeah. right? Um, Matt Irvin, of course, made it infamous because he went on Swap yes. Shop and said, I, I've made it out of two hairdryers and held it up to, to prove the point, didn't he? Yes. Um, he, he, he has since explained it, and quite rightly, to say, well, I made it because it's on screen for about half a second and you can barely see anything. They just needed a shape. So he just cobbled something together, didn't he? 
You know? Yeah, and it works. You wouldn't if you didn't know it was a hairdryer ship and you hadn't seen it, then you wouldn't necessarily immediately go, Oh, it's two hairdryers stuck together. No, you wouldn't unless no. somebody went on BBC One on a yeah. Saturday morning and, and held it up to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's only yeah. got himself to blame, really. He has, he? he has. This is the hairdryer ship, yes. yes. And a few years ago I decided to make the hairdryer oh, well, ship. Okay. I, was, well, I, was, I was thinking, have you ever made one? I, I have made one. That. Well, I got three quarters of the way through. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I predominantly got the information from the Eagle Transporter forum um, right. web page. And I think it was Phil Stevens who filled me in on a lot of the uh, uh, queries on it. So if, folks, you want to make one of these. Um, oh, yes. Um, if you wanted to make one of these, apparently there is now a health scare on making one of these that I wasn't oh. aware of when I made it in that... You need two hair dryers, right? Right. They are Morphe Richards hair dryers, okay? Right. From the 70s. Very distinctive, very curvy, very yeah. 70s, yeah. you know, very curvy with the holes in and stuff. But I never knew this when I bought two of them, is that inside, because it's the 70s and people didn't know, you have asbestos. Oh, right. Because you have heat. to, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you have to take, there's these little asbestos pads inside to stop the thing overheating. I never knew wow. that. I just took them out and chucked them away. But yeah. yeah, apparently now, yeah, that's a bit dodgy if you want to make one of those. But if you wanted to make a hairdryer ship, this is what you need, right? I've got it in front of yeah. me. I've got my, my reference photos for when I was building it. You need two Morphe Richards hairdryers, right? They're and probably you, hard to get hold of now. They weren't too bad. I, I, yeah. I can remember on eBay, I, I got one quite quickly, but then you've got to wait for another one to come up. Yeah. All right. Um, if you want the model number, it's uh, 4822. Oh, there we go. If that's a two-speed hairdryer. If you want the single speed, it's 4828. All right. Do we know what uh, Matt used? Or is there no physical difference? Not, no, no, there's no physical difference. Oh, they are okay. white, white hair dryers, right? And you, yeah, you, you bung the two together. And I'm looking at my reference photos, and on the top of this, you can't see it in the show whatsoever, but Matt still got it. It was at maximum power. Um, if you, if the kit parts you need, you need two R2D2 kits. Getting expensive. Getting expensive because you need the domes. Yeah. Because Matt they stuck are the two domes. See the they are very obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you need them. What else do you need? You need a space shuttle. There is yep. um, a, quite a few space shuttle bits on it. You need some EMA hemispheres. I'll put photos up on, on Facebook when this uh, uh, episode comes out. Um, what else do you need? Uh, you need uh, the Lee Grant tank, the Airfix Lee Grant oh, right, yeah. tank. That's on there. Um, more R2-D2 parts, more M EMA domes. Um, Saturn V, you need the Airfix Saturn V kit as well. Whatever, I'm just turning the page. What else do you need? Oh, yes, underneath. And I don't know. I mean, it was there when we went to maximum power um, back in June, and you do see it there, but you don't see underneath. There's the landing gear, right? Yeah. You need three um, airfix stands. In the 70s, you know, if you bought a Spitfire, you had those yeah, clear plastics. It's sort of like almost like a, a Star Trek yeah. logo, Federation emblem. Yeah, isn't sort it? of a, a rounded, melted Star Trek logo. Yes. Shield, yeah. yeah, and you need three of them. That's the actual landing okay. gear, you know. So, as I say, I'll put the photos up. Um, I built it. I got about, well, I don't know, more than halfway through, almost three quarters of the way through. But there is an awful lot of 
conjecture about some of the kit parts at the very front of it and I contacted Matt and we banded emails back and forth and he knew some of the bits but other bits it's like oh I, I can't remember and because yeah. of that it's like well this isn't going to be 100% accurate not like the orc carrier that I did from Star One last week so I sold it um, right. part built and I can't remember how much I sold it for but it was at least a couple of hundred pound Wow. Somebody bought it because, you know, it was in its last stages, you know. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Forgive this little aside, but that's yeah. if you want a hairdryer uh, ship, um, go on Facebook and I'll put up as many photos as I can so if, for reference. If you ever see one at like a, a sci-fi show, someone's built one, it could be yours. It could be, could be mine. finished yours. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we will see. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Um, I'll I've completely gone off track now. Where was I? Uh, Travis was just landing in his ship and blowing, tousling everyone's hair. Oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Avon hears it. He hears yes. it landing. You've got this high-pitched whine, haven't you? And yeah, he runs, runs and hides behind the hill, doesn't he? Yeah. And then we go back to the Liberator and Janatel's villa to get up here. The other week, we were saying about someone up in the gallery... You, you know, commanding all the um, you, you know camera shots. Yeah, must have been Benny Hill because we see clearly down oh, Sally yes. Nivet's cleavage. A lot of cleavage in this Good thing. lord, <laughs> she yeah. is, she's really bending over for this. And the, doesn't the camera zoom in? You know? It does. It, yeah, it couldn't be any more obvious that that's been set up to be done. It's um, something for the dads, yeah, isn't it? Something for the dads. Yeah. Even Anne sort of said that's a bit gratuitous for oh, oh. Blake Seven. You can see why Sally Nivet yeah. wants out now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and she asked Orac to look into the defense defense yes. zone, including why it was built. And uh, at that point, we go back to the planet, and Blake is taken to uh, meet Stott. I was told you'll be alone. Obviously, you were misinformed. Who is this woman? She is my mother. May I see your identification? What for? After all, who else knows about this place? I was told you could be difficult. You seem to have been told rather a lot about me. I was interested. I'm not unfamiliar with traitors, but the scale of your treachery is unusual. And your insistence on carrying out the final act personally must make you unique. Your disapproval would carry more conviction if you were not going to benefit from my treachery. Now, when do I get to perform the final act? Which of your hands is artificial? This one. Rather good, don't you think? And the eye patch? What happened to that? Yes, yes. A lo lovely little uh, dialogue sequence. It's a lovely scene. I mean, Blake yeah. is still bluffing it, isn't he? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, Stott says... Do you mind if I ask you an impertinent question? And he says, if you don't mind an impertinent answer. I listen to this so much. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know the script. And he goes, I'm not, you know, unfamiliar with traitors, but the scale of your treachery makes you unique, you know. Um, and then ends it with, which of your hands is artificial? 
And yeah. Blake's really good. He goes, oh, this one. Rather yeah, without good, don't you think? Yeah, without a beat. It's really good. But yeah. at that point, he twigs that they're after Travis, doesn't he? You yes. You sort of see it across his face. It's Great acting. He's like, yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who do I know with an artificial hand? Yeah. And your eye patch. What happened to that? Yeah. And it cuts away. We never hear Blake's. Yeah, I'd love to know what What Blake's was Blake's says. answer? What happened to your eye patch? I, oh, me eye got, got better. better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we go outside and Avon watches well basically obi-wan kenobi it looks just yeah, like obi-wan kenobi walking like it, along yeah. yes um yes and um, goes up to the door and it's travis hold it touch that and i'll drop you where you stand well now travis fancy meeting you here put the gun down avon it's too late to stop it now. Convince me. Be polite and I may let you live. Be informative and I may let you die. You'll want that after I've shot off an arm and a leg or two. I thought you were supposed to be the one with brains. Brains but no heart. Now talk or scream, Travis. The choice is yours. I don't know what, who, what secret they were trying to keep at this point. Because was there anyone, even at the time, watching it, thinking, I wonder who that is? If you've seen last week's yeah. story, you know Travis is going to yeah. be in here somewhere. Yes. And they've just mentioned the fact that they're expecting someone with an artificial arm and an eye patch. Mm. God, I wonder who that would be. I wonder who that could be. Yeah. Oh, I never saw it being Travis. Whoa. I never yeah. saw that coming. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, it is Travis. And for some yeah. reason, he's back in his Federation outfit yeah, for like this, this last like this. time. Funny enough, I'm I'm slap bang in the middle of making one. So I've oh, done you've the started tunic. it. Yeah, I've done, yeah, I've, it's going together rather nicely. Um, so it was nice. It's like, yay, he's back in the tunic. Brian Croucher is superb in this episode. He is, yeah, say. he is very, very good. Yeah. yeah. So here he is. Here's Travis. Now, any uh, long-time listener to um, this podcast knows yeah. that I've been tantalising Ian with a audio drama. Yes, yes, you have. Which I have finally sent you, haven't I? You did, yes. yes. You, you sent me a, a link to it, and I have I listened to it. So it's not long, um, but it's, it's thoroughly interesting. Thoroughly interesting, yes. and it fills in the blanks and answers many questions that we yes. had, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, and it, it, it answers them in a way that's quite logical. Mm -hmm. It's not annoying. I'm not a great fan of retconning stuff, but this is... Whoever's done this is is obviously a fan, obviously knows their stuff. Um, and it's really nice because it was, it was done back when Gareth Thomas and Brian Croucher could... Well, before Gareth Thomas died, but Brian Croucher could still do the Travis voice yes. accurately. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's talk about this uh, before we okay. carry yep. on. Okay. So, yes, this thing I'm talking about is, is an audio drama called The Mark of Cain. Yes. And um, it was written by two guys called Alan Stevens and David Tully, okay? And it was a non-profit-making audio drama. And the reason it's a non-profit audio drama was that's the way they could get around doing this and not incur the wrath of the BBC. Yeah, there right? used to be a... used to be the, the, the ruling that as long as you didn't make a profit from something, you could sort of used likenesses and you could use yes. names and you can use it. it's changed since then so anyone anyway, still changed. thinks that's yes. the law yeah. 
Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. So this was some time ago because it was available yes. on CD and cassette. Yes, I remember seeing. Um, I remember seeing adverts for uh, it because when you sent when you sent me the link and I saw that it, uh, it was a YouTube link and um, it showed the cover, and I was like, oh God, I remember that. Because um, mm. it, yeah, there, I seem to remember there was a, a, a small series of these sort of things, wasn't there? Yes, uh, being done. Um, but I'd never listened to it before. No, nor had I. No. And um, you, you say there, that's where I got it from YouTube. Um, yep. If if folk want to have a listen, it's just type in Blake Seven Mark of Cain. Um, there it is on YouTube. You can have a listen. And yep. uh, and as I say, you know, it's it, it's a very clever story because they've tied up loose ends and tied various elements together. And boy, those boys knew their stuff, didn't they? You they know, did. Because it, 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 it goes right from before the events it's tying together, right from before we actually meet Travis in Seek, Locate, Destroy. Yes. And it, it cleverly gives you an explanation as to why this, this ruthless but career officer did what he did and massacred all these people. And it he wasn't doing it for no reason he hadn't just snapped he wasn't it, it there was a perfectly logical reason and you could see either travis's doing this yep you know it fits in with both of their characters um i don't know i mean should, should we spoil it i don't know yeah let's I, spoil it let, okay, let, spoil let, it. So, let, let, let's talk about it yeah yeah so we know when we first meet travis he's uh suspended because he massacred five thousand civilians uh on a planet whose name escapes me um and and when we go to see trial, the trial for this, it sort of suggested that they were rebels and they surrendered. But Travis, just because you surrender, Travis doesn't see you as not being an enemy anymore. Yeah, and he yeah. went a bit mad and killed a few people, a few thousand. Um, but this this play posits that they knew about the Andromedans being shapeshifters, mm-hmm. and some Andromedans have infiltrated our galaxy onto this planet. At the time, they they had no way of telling who was an Andromedan and who wasn't. So Travis took the the ruthless but sensible precaution of killing everyone. Yep, just to be sure. Yeah, just to be sure because they they couldn't let this. What basically is it's almost like the the John Carpenter's the thing in that these are almost a virus mm-hmm. because you don't know who they are. You can't stop them spreading. The only you know burning the wound is the only answer and he that's why he kills him but then because this is like above top secret information it can't be let out that the reason he's killed all these people is for this yeah so they they basically put him on trial now you sort of get the feeling that he went along with this being on suspended on trial investigated to cover it up with the knowledge that it would be quietly dropped and you get Mm. the feeling they didn't quietly drop it and that sort of explains the antagonism between yes. him and Serverland yep. from the off is so clever. I it's very clever. This. Yes. <laughs> Me too. And it is. I mean, you know, there are clues about how yeah. clever this is right from the start because th- this mark of Cain t- takes place between Voice from the Past and Gambit, right? Yep. And while it doesn't explain how come Travis went from being arrested in that cupboard, you know, at the yeah. end of Voice from the Past, and now he's got a uh, pursuit ship with mutoids, okay? It does say that the ship is Pursuit Ship 4, which, of course, is the ship that Avon and Callie blow up in yep. Goth. So so that's a nice little connection. Yep. Yeah. 
And in this audio drama, he's waiting near the defence zone for the Andromedans to make contact. Um, yeah, he, and it's he's his first contact voice, with them. Yeah, he's received a voice message from them. Because um, he found the ID, yeah. didn't he? And yes. the rendezvous point when he massacred all those people on that planet, not knowing whether they're Andromedans or not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also explains, you know, the whole Dockley situation. And it was... the. We're talking as if this is now canon, um, but this story posits that we we thought the same thing. So Travis basically set up the yes. whole thing uh, with the uh, uh, the the ship they were on, whose again name escapes me. I'm terrible at names. What was it called? The Bari. Bari. That's it. Yes. So he sets up the whole thing, and he he knew he knew Dockley before. Yep. Um, and he was set up to get onto his good books. Yep. So it's a really nicely done, really ties together. It doesn't, there's still a few gaps in this time wise. I'm not entirely sure, given the, the, the length of time that season two you think covers would cover it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's clever stuff. It's really worth going out. And if you're a Brian Crouch fan like me, it's, you'll love it. Cause he, because he, he sounds like Travis still, doesn't he? Does, he does, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He's got, he does the voice and everything. It's yeah, brilliant. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's there. He, he, he is. He, 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 he's there. He talks to the Andromedans yeah. and says, look, I'll, I'll find Star One. I'll turn the defense zone off for you yeah. because, you know, it's in your best interest because if I don't, the Federation are going to, have an intergalactic drive and they're going to get to your galaxy yeah. and they're going to start taking over you. All right. Yeah. There's, it's again, a nice, a nice little reason as to why the Andromedans would trust someone that's betraying their own yeah. galaxy. Yeah. And it's because they don't really have a choice. They've got to trust him because they, they know that the Federation will come their way. Yeah. 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 So this could, this could all be a preemptive defensive move. Couldn't it? Yeah. Um, and he, we also find in, out in this audio drama, there is a gap somewhere in this defense zone where yes. a scout ship came Got through, through yes. and, and, and went to that planet, you know. Um, but it's not big enough for a fleet. It's only enough for a scout ship to come through. Um, Dockley, Travis knows all about yeah. and, 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 and goes off for him. We also, what I thought was really good in that audio drama is we find out that Travis is number two on the Federation's most wanted list yes. after Blake. And number yeah. three is our old friend Baben. Baben, yeah, who's not happy about it. And has put a contract out on yeah. Travis. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Baben can go back up to being number two, which is brilliant because that's yeah. exactly what Baben yeah. would do. Yes. Yeah, superb. It's superb. Yeah, and we also find out, you were asking last week about, you know, the time scale of Dockley and everything. Yeah. We find out it was two years yes. ago. Two years Dockley has been on the run, and he's now on the planet Disentastra, which we hear about in Terminal, um, which is a oh, nice right. little, yeah, 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 it's a nice little, you, you, you know, in-joke, if you like, a little Easter egg. That's mentioned yeah. in a story we're going to be covering soon, Terminal, which is yeah. when Avon doesn't know, you know, where these signals are being beamed from right. to the middle of nowhere. The nearest pl planet is Disentastra, which is the one that Dockley was on before he boarded the Bari to go yeah. to Freedom City. This, Yeah, and it's this, this play is not, because it sounds like it's just full of sort of fan wank references horned in. And they're not. It's really, it's, it's got its own story and it's a nice little story. And these things all fit in. If you didn't know about them, 
the story still works. Yes. But if you know about them, you're going to enjoy it so much more because you're going, oh, oh, oh. And they all tie yeah. together. All tie uh, together perfectly, yeah. A really good example is the mutoid that Travis yeah, is talking yeah. to, uh, who's called Felicia, who's Marriott's wife. We've, yeah, we we already nice know that touch, yeah. Yeah, Marriott's family was put into slavery because of, you, you, you yep. know, the alleged, you know, treachery of Marriott, you know. Yeah. And all this is, is building on Travis's already fractured psyche isn't it it's, yes the the guilt is palpable in him in this one yeah i love the fact that travis says in this audio you know that he finds out that dockley's going to leave on the bari in three hours and asks the mutoid to book him a seat on the bari yeah. you know a mutoid phoning up to make a flight <laughs> arrangement <you> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, got to do it. Yeah, and then he says, right, Pursuit 4, when I'm on the Bari, you go a different way to yeah. Freedom City and just wait for me. This might take some time, doesn't he? Well, he sort of says this might take years, mightn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he's got to ingratiate himself yeah. with Dockley, which we talked about last week or a week, week before, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. So that's it. That That's what brought us to here. Still doesn't explain what this ship is, the hairdryer ship. But anyway, Travis lands, doesn't he? He does, yes. Yeah, and goes to go in, and Avon stops him. Fantastic dialogue throughout all this. Yeah, Travis Mark II and Avon work together really well, bouncing off each other. Yeah. Uh, You don't don't get any of the uh, sort of mock heroics, like when Travis is talking to Blake. It's like Avon's just as ruthless as Travis. It's Travis Western talk. It. This is Western yeah. talk. You know, yeah. Paul Darrow was a Western fan. Chris Boucher was a yeah. Western fan. And, you know, this whole, I may let you live. You may, you, 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 you may want that um, after, uh, 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 you know, if, uh, if once I've shot off an arm and a leg yeah. or two, you know, brilliant stuff. Really good. And Paul Darrow and Brian Croucher just go for it. It's, they do. I love they this. Do. I've got a really good photo I'll put on Facebook behind the scenes of um, them cuddling up and almost All having right. a kiss, Paul Darrow and Brian Croucher, uh, on the set for this bit. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to put lots of audio clips into this uh, episode. Uh, I should have said, I, I was going to say at the very beginning of this, this has 16 audio wow. clips, right? Um, and they're lengthy audio clips because I can't... Um, I can't cl- uh, trim them whatsoever. Yeah. Right now, we're coming up to a, an hour on recording, <laughs> and we've yeah. still got some way to go. This could be a bumper, bumper a it um, deserves it though, episode. It, it does, it, it does. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll carry on. Orax got all the information on this defence zone. My preliminary examination of the defence zone indicates that it is made up of a network of satellite generators. We could have told you that. Each of which performs a dual function, namely to indicate the approach of an intruder and then to destroy that intruder by a powerful antimatter implosion. So it's a combined alarm system and minefield. Correct. If I may continue. It always makes me feel as if I should be taking notes. I may continue. The defense zone is controlled and monitored from the computer complex known as Star One. Ah. A cursory examination of the relevant Star One systems indicates that this defence zone is one of a number of such zones located at strategic points on the rim of that section of the galaxy colonised by mankind. Then they are expecting an invasion. 
a horde of hairy aliens. There is no logical reason why aliens should be hairy. There's no logical reason why people should be hairy. I don't like this, Jenna. We could be sitting in the front line. I see no cause for alarm. From the design and construction patterns, it would appear that the defence zones have been built up very gradually over a long period of time. My conclusion is that they are merely precautionary rather than a response to some specific threat. Well, if there's no threat, why bother with precautions? If the resources are available to eliminate even the vaguest threat, it would seem logical to do so. I'd agree with that. What it, do you call a vague threat? A contact uh, sometime in the past. Either a communication or a physical contact. A physical contact? A scout ship, perhaps. A scout ship, perhaps. Like that one down on the surface now, perhaps. Zen, put the battle computers online. Confirmed. Battle computers are online. Give me maximum available range on the detectors. Yes, he it's... almost sounds pleased by it, doesn't he? He's, he's finding it fascinating, isn't it, Orac? I like Orac. I've always yeah. liked Orac. At the end of this show's run, we've got to, um, you know, name our favourite, you know, characters, and Orac's yeah. going to be quite high for me, you know. Peter Tudnam's delivery on all of these um, lines, the way he goes, is a number of such, yeah. uh, you, you know, uh, the defence defense zone is a one of a number of such zones, you know. Yeah, it's a network of satellite generators. Yeah. Um, it's, it basically sits there waiting for an intruder and then will destroy them. And all control from star one. And um, and that's when Villa says, you know, oh, oh, they are expecting an invasion, a horde of hairy aliens. Yeah. To to which Orac says, um, you know, about you know, there's no logical reason why they would be hairy. And then uh, Villa says, no, there's no logical reason why people should be hairy. Yes, there is. It's yeah. called it's called keeping yourself warm. Yeah, it's there, called evolution. Yeah, it's called evolution, Orac. There is a logical reason why yeah. aliens should be hairy. Yes. Yeah, because I. On the first go round, I misheard it, and I thought Villa said there's no logical reason why they shouldn't be hairy. And then I re-listened. It's like, oh no, because it would have made more sense if he had said there's no reason they shouldn't be hairy. Yeah. Not that there's no reasons why people should be hairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Peter Tudnam's delivery. There's a very odd one where he says from the design. He it goes from the design. And construction. It's a really way odd way of saying the word design, but I love it. I love Orac. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah, and, and this thing's been built up over a long period of time. We know now because of the mark of Kane. It's not canon, yeah. but I consider it canon because you've got Gareth Thomas in it. You've got, yeah. you know, um, Brian Croucher in it. Yes. And he says there may have been a contact somewhere in the past. That's this yeah. thing, isn't it? That's you the, know? Okay, yeah, so the, the scout ship that came through. And yeah. uh, Travis was sent to investigate it. Yeah? Yes, yes. So that's neatly answered because up until I listened to that, it's like, well, what was that scout ship? What is yeah. this contact, you know? And uh, Blake and Callie realise that Travis is expected to do something called the final act. The final act, yes. Another great audio play. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And they, they've got the bombs. They're setting all these timers to one hour. Um, and Lorena jumps Avon just as they come in him and travis yes. come in and she she jumps him and travis runs away yeah well um, they, they they come in the front door don't they and avon is checking the supply cabinet there must be a really interesting door because everyone keeps checking that door they and do. she she sort of tries to get the drop on him um giving travis time to hoof it in the other direction 
Yes, yeah. And, um, yeah, they find the bodies. Avon finds the bodies. Did you kill them? No, yeah. they're out there. They're trying to um, They're trying to kill me. She's really good. Oh, Jenny yeah, Twig, she's really good. She is really good in this episode. She she uh, is very believable. She's it almost hysterical, been, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, and it could have been a part that could easily have gone over the top into, you know, that terrible BBC mock hysterics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, we get this... Um, uh, one of the staff come along, Avon shoots him, and it dissolves into this, um, y- you know, icky mess, doesn't yes. it? Yeah, a bloody yeah. green mess. Yeah, and we get the line about, oh, um, unpleasant, which is fortunate because they'll be difficult to love. Yes, a great, great uh, line. They reminded me of, um, you know, remember the Horta from Star Trek? They do, yes, yeah. green Horta. Yeah. yeah. I still don't get it. I don't. I ca- I can't believe that this is what an Andromedan actually looks like. Because if that's what they look like when they turn into humans for the very first time in their lives, they've got to use fingers. They've got to use digits, yeah. you know, to operate all these controls in Star One, right? Uh, they've got to make the ships. We're shortly to see. But if you're just like a hoarder, you're just like a a bin bag of yeah. blood on the floor. How do you do? Assemble such things. I don't know. Mm. Don't think about it. No. Look, there's Travis. Enjoy it. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Because at that point, uh, that's when the alien fleet does appear. Yes. Yeah. And all, all nine of them. Oh. Yeah. All, all <laughs> yes. There was money for some shots, but not, not money for, for other shots. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And because the alien fleet appears, we see it on a, on a monitor on the uh, on the Liberator, um, and Villa's going, "No, you're wrong. That's a cloud of meteors. Yeah, that's a cloud of big meteors, and they're slowing they're down." Towards us, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is very good. It also, it it work. They've invested in like a a backlit board, haven't they? It's not the pee bulbs anymore. It's, that's true. Yeah, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Heck of a coincidence that they've arrived just as yeah. the fleet arrives and everything like that. But again, don't think about it. That's teletropes, isn't it? Teletropes. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Blake is still bluffing it out with Stott. Yes. Is it nearly complete? As you see. Constructing the circuits required to deactivate the defense zone was difficult. But we were able to keep the technicians alive long enough to duplicate their entire brain patterns as well as their physical shape. Their physical shape? Why do we still retain it? The woman Lorena has escaped. It's just a precaution. May I ask you an impertinent question? If you don't mind an impertinent answer. I have taken on the shape of your species. I use your words. And yet I cannot understand you. The woman Lorena and the other technicians that were here, these I could understand, but you. Why have you betrayed your own kind? Why have you given us the means to eradicate your species? Eradicate humanity? Virtually. Well, maybe I just don't like crowds. This. You are Travis? I am Travis. And who is this? His name is Blake. His name 
was Blake. Stott wants to know why Blake, or well, he considers him to be Travis, is so yeah, keen on... Sense. Yeah, he wants to know why he is so keen on eradicating mankind. And Blake's got that good line of, uh, well, maybe I just don't like crowds. And yeah. that's when Travis comes in, of course, doesn't he? Yeah, brilliant. I love, I love this. He just comes in. No, no messing about. It's just Blake, bang! He doesn't even see Blake, does he? Oh, I think no, he, he doesn't just comes Blake in. in this bit, does he? Yeah, he, he just, just comes, comes in and shoots him. him. Yeah. And and that's when, he, as yeah. Blake collapses, he goes Travis yeah. and, uh, and, and, and collapses and, and falls unconscious. And that's when Stott says, you are Travis. And he goes, I am Travis. Well, who is this then? His name is Blake. And then it's like, his hmm, name was, was Blake. Blake. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes, I, I love I love Brian Croucher in this. Brian it's, Croucher, I mean, yeah. Superb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this, I, 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 I think he's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Avon, meanwhile, runs into Callie and, and he yes. fills her in. And Avon wants to know from Lorena um, how all these controls work. Where's Blake? Well, I left him in here. What's that? We seem to have stumbled over an alien invasion. Which of these control sections handles the defense zone? Can't tell you that. You must know. Now think, woman. I can't tell you because you haven't been cleared by security. Well, neither had that. She's been conditioned, Avon. She wants to tell you, but she can't. Come on. But because she's been con conditioned, she can't. Yeah, she can't tell him. She can't give away any secrets. Yeah, he, he's a bit rough with her, isn't he? Yeah, but, uh, well, he's Avon, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, she can't do anything to help him. Um, so, come on, and off they go. Why and can't Callie read her mind there? I've never thought of that. Yeah. That's a I bloody that, good point. Yeah. Because <laughs> Callie's the one that's saying, it's no good. She won't be able to help you. Like, she wants to help you, help? but she can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and we go back to that control room. Blake's unconscious. Yes. Um, and, and Travis is watching the final act. Yeah. Yes. Get some nice little lines, don't he? Yes. And after that, we, we, we finally see the alien fleet, all nine of them, yes. as you say. Um, there they are, the alien fleet. I've always loved the alien fleet. I, I like that they've sort of, they've obviously thought, let's make them alien. Yes. But the fact that none of them are uniform doesn't really work for me. I don't mind an alien design, but. This literally looks like someone's emptied the kitchen drawer. I think that and he, hung it on strings. That's it's, exactly what they've yeah. done. You know, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They are bizarre. They are bizarre the yeah. things, um, and I like them for that because they are meant to be alien. Um, I don't know what they used. I, I, I have tried and I tried and tried to find small. out. Small. I get a feeling they're small because they zoom in on the front ship, which is a big mistake, and mm. the scale. They look like they're quite small items hmm. they've got no no sense of that this is a large model or anything i might be wrong but it they, it feels like they're sort of four or five inches across tops yeah hanging on wires You're hanging on wires yeah yeah i've never seen them i've never seen them in photos from conventions yeah. if anyone's out there and you do know where they are or who owns them who built them even um Trouble i'd is, like you, to know yeah if you were like that fabled person going through a skip at the back of the bbc even if you saw a box full of these you'd go yeah christmas tree it. ornaments i'm not going to bother yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that's the basis of some of them well, you know yeah. 
Could because be. they are they are very odd looking. I've made one. Um, there's yeah. a green one off to the side. Um, I, I I made that this year, last year, um, and I've I've just started. I'm I'm making yeah, you another just one. A, a leaf blower one. A leaf blower. Yeah, it's a cover off a leaf blower. So yeah, yeah it's just in the spirit of. And yeah. I've got a is feeling. That, um, is that? Did you do that specifically because like in, in symbiosis with the hairdryer ship, or is it just? Yeah, I'm doing it in the yeah. spirit of the hairdryer ship yeah. because, yeah, there are kit parts on there, you know, yeah. the R2-D2 things and that. But what I'm going to do with this new ship I'm doing is try and make it bizarre and not use kit parts or, or, or not easily yeah. recognisable ones, you know. Right. Because, again, I'll put it on Facebook, the photo of the alien fleet. You can't see kit parts. They look like they're, they're, they're washers and things like well, this. So I, think, I think they're too small to be kit Bashed. I think they've just literally stuck a few bits together. Yes, a whisk yeah. or something yeah. like that yeah. with, with with bits added. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like I I like the look of them. I like the fact that they're there. You've got the alien sound effect over the top of it, even yeah. though it's in space. So that's really good as well. And um, Jenna knows they're waiting for the zone to close. Why are they just sitting there? They're waiting for someone to clear that defence zone. Do you think Blake knows what's happening? Why hasn't he come back yet? What are we supposed to do, Jenna? Give the alarm. Terrific idea. Who do you suggest we tell? Servalan. Oh, now, wait a minute. I just hope Blake understands why we betrayed him. Orak, I want you to punch through a message to the strategy computer in Space Command headquarters. I want you to tell it that there's an alien battle fleet estimated at 600 ships about to enter Federation space. Give it these coordinates. Tell it that the information comes from Blake on the Liberator. Can you do that, Orak? I would remind you that I am not a communicator. Your carrier beam is the fastest way to contact Servaland. That is not the purpose for which it was developed. Do it, you useless bunch of junk. You got us into this mess. No cause for alarm, you said, or have you forgotten? I have passed the message as you requested. The Space Command strategy computer is now registering the data. And she wants... She, she, she warns Servaland via ORAC. And, see... This is Sally Nevette's moment now. You know, yeah. it's just her talking to the camera. It would have been nice if she had put a bit more into yeah, it. Yeah, so I mean, she's got some meaty lines here, but she just throws them away. It's, it's what you, she it almost feels like they've told her once you finish your lines, you can go home. And she's yeah. just rushing through her lines to get it done. It does feel rushed, yeah, doesn't it? Does. it? You know, um, because this is this is what every actor wants. Just you yeah. know, the actor and the camera. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's so she has given up at this point. Hasn't yeah, she? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Down on Star One, Travis gets his moment. You know, the final yes. act, and 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 yeah. he presses with his artificial finger. Well, I, I'd love it. One that button he, he gives that line, doesn't he? He says, uh, "My only regret is that I'll never know." Never know. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he, one section is deactivated, yeah. but that's when he's shot in the shoulder by Blake, isn't he? Yes. Who then yeah, shoots Stott. Yeah, I don't know whether the it was meant to be a squib or something, but it's weird, isn't it? It's it, it, it's almost like Travis is filled with sand because <laughs> there's like dust and sand that comes out of it. It's a nice effect, but it's just so weird. Hmm. And and the sound effect of the 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 um the Liberator gun as well. Yeah. You have the you, you, the normal noise, but there's a maybe it is the pyrotechnic that Brian yeah. Croucher was wearing going pow. 
you know? Yeah. Well, well, earlier when Avon shot the Andromedan, it's the only time really we see the guns cause a splatter of blood. And there is almost more like a bang noise on that as well, isn't it? Yes. So it's, it's, it's unusual. I, I like it. I wish they'd have done this from the beginning. It would have made it more gritty, um, yeah, wouldn't it? It would yeah. have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Avon goes to step over an open-eyed Travis. Travis yeah. isn't dead, but his no. eyes are open. Well, his eye well, is open. Eye. His one eye think, is open. Yeah. So he's feigning death right now. Well, I think he's not in the best of positions, is he? He's, uh, I think if he could have, he would have tried to kill uh, Blake at that point. So I think he's incapacitated. Certainly. All right. Okay. Fair enough. He goes to step over him, but you know, Callie calls him across to Blake. Yeah. Avon. How bad is he? Bad enough. Is he dead, Avon? Is Travis dead? He is now. Are you? I've had better days. We must get him back to the ship. No. The aliens were closing down the defense zone. There must be a fleet out there. We must warn the Federation. From the ship? At the charges, Kelly. We cannot blow this place up. Humanity is going to need all the resources it can get. All the charges are set, Blake. They'll blow in ten minutes. We can't stop them now they're primed. It's too late. We'll get them out onto the surface. In ten minutes? Try, Callie. Help her, Avon. You do what you can for him. Um, and, um, you know, Blake says, is he dead, Avon? Is, is Travis dead? And yeah. that's when, you know, Travis gets up and, uh, yeah, your Travis meets his doom. Because yeah, he goes to fire, so doesn't he? And, and you he get goes that weird shot of a, a gaping, flyed Travis yes. falling down the toilet, down the plug <laughs> hole, down the plug hole. Yeah, I've always it's... thought of it as a plug hole. I said that, didn't I, to um, to um, to you Brian did, Croucher yeah. when yeah. I met him at Cygnus Alpha, and it's like uh, when you were flushed down the toilet, uh, down the plug hole, and it, that he went, "Oh, who let him in?" You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> Are you going to put that clip on or? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know of whether course. you can. There's so much swearing. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm going to put it in the Travis Mark II oh, good. Uh, yeah. episode. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People need to hear this. <laughs> yes, definitely. I can't it's, deny um, our listener. Yeah, it's such a a low key death for such a major character, but I quite like that. I don't. Mm. I mean, it gets very dull when you get a a big flamboyant death for a character just because they're a main character. You know, it's if you ever like um, speak to anyone that's actually been in a war zone and that people don't die flamboyant deaths. They're there one second, they're gone the next. Mm. It, and it, I, I like this that it's it's so sort of perfunctory. And I do like yeah. that it's Avon that kills it, not Blake. Not Blake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there was a decision to kill Travis in this uh, story. Because yeah. if Blake leaves. You can't have Travis. Yes. You, you know, they were the yin and yang. They were the, exactly, you know, yeah. Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. If one yeah. goes, you, the other one's got to go. You could have, you, it would have taken some clever writing. You could have kept the Travis character on. You'd have to do something different with him. I think we mentioned before, like perhaps have him on the crew as a Dr. Smith type figure. Mm. I think he's gone a bit far for that. But I, I sort of think, as much as I absolutely adore Travis, I think it was the ideal time for him to go. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely right. Yeah. And 
Blake jumps to the conclusion that there must be a fleet out there. I don't know how he gets to that yeah. conclusion, but yeah, he, he does that. And the place can't well, we be don't, blown up. We don't know what Stott said to him off camera, do we? This is true as well, yeah. Stott the, could have said, our fleet is waiting out there for you. Yeah, and so he knows more than we yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. The pl- yeah. yeah, the place can't be blown up, and all the no. bombs have got to get up onto the surface. Um, and, and Avon's like, what, what, when two and a half minutes or whatever it is and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah you know you can do it Callie help him and um, and when Avon goes he says to Lorena you do what you can for him and I still believe that even Avon at this point has a respect he won't acknowledge it but if he yeah. really did hate Blake he wouldn't care about Blake but for him to say do what you can for him, you know, there is more going on here, you know. Yeah, it's a complicated relationship. I, I think there's more hate than there is love or anything like that. But I do, yeah, I think, I get, I get the feeling that Avon thinks he owes Blake something, mm. which he does, I suppose, because he, otherwise he'd have had a life on Cygnus Alpha or been airlocked by the London crew. Yeah. Um, and I think Avon's one of those people that can't be in debt to anyone. So yeah, I I think it's 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 a lovely complex relationship, but I do yeah, I weirdly I could see Avon killing Blake but not leaving him if someone else has hurt him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's very very uh, complex. It's like he's protective of Blake because yeah. he wants to do it himself. Yeah, yeah. No one insults my friend but me you know yes, that yeah. sort of thing yeah very well put yeah, yeah yeah so avon goes off with callie to collect the bombs yeah um but that's at the point where blake realizes there's one more that he's overlooked yes oh, i forgot try not to move about no you don't understand there's another explosive charge but lie still you'll kill yourself they don't know about it i've got to get it out i'll get it oh. tell me where it is Put it in section four on one of the panels. All right. Now lie still. Oh, you'll have to hurry. Lorena says she'll get it. Um, she does, but she's stopped by the rest of the yeah. staff. So now, and again, nice little scene. She gets a nice little send-off. All of yeah. this is intercut yeah. with, you know, um, Avon and Callie getting all the bombs, yeah. and she's there. The music is building all the time, yeah. isn't it? You know, the music A- is... Avon doing his flappy running, isn't he? To, he is doing his down flappy Down the running. corridors, yeah. yeah. And she holds it behind her back, and uh, it's blown up. Of course, it blows up the same yeah. time as all the others that Callie has chucked over the little hill. Yes. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, it's handy. It takes out the rest of the Andromedans. That are all the, base, the Andromedans, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's at that point where the uh, fleet... Um, grows ever closer. Well? Zen, battle computers to calculate intercept course and strike ranges. Confirm. Put up the radiation flare shield. Clear the neutron blasters for firing. Neutron blasters are cleared for firing. Zen, put up the force wall. Confirmed. Why didn't you stay in the medical unit? Couldn't you bring yourself to trust me just this once? I thought I might be able to help. In that condition? All right, I'll go back. Can you manage? Alone? Yes. Avon. For what it is worth, I have always trusted you. 
from the very beginning. strike range. We can't hold all of them. They can't all come through that gap at once. This is stupid. When did that ever stop us? Fire! By this time, by the time we reach this final, you know, moment, um, they've gone back up to yep. the Liberator, and he's asked why. You know, and Avon says, I've given my word to hold off the fleet. There's a missing scene yeah. here, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, and once Avon's given his word, he's true to his word, isn't he? Yeah. He's always, yeah, even even in season four when he becomes a bit psychotic, he's... He's still honourable. Yeah, yeah, still honourable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a terrific. This sequence is oh, terrific. This last so bit, you know, um, as they get the ship ready... Um, you know, um, you, you know, clearing the neutron bar- yeah. blasters for firing. You know, getting the force wall done, blah blah. blah. And that's when Blake comes in, all strapped up. Um, yeah. And um, and Avon says to him, "Can't you trust me just this once?" You know. And yeah. this line, you know, that Anne doesn't like. I do like it. I yeah. do believe that Blake has trusted Avon all along. And I think it hits him hard. I think to hear yeah. that from Blake really hits Avon hard. Or is it just Blake saying that to spur Avon on? I no, don't I don't think so. I, I yeah. like to think it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Honest. The optimist yeah. in me says, yeah. yes, yeah, he does mean it. You know, yeah. it's not Blake being manipulative. Um, I, I, I would like that. To, I, I would like to believe that Blake yeah. of Blake Seven is that honourable man that. Avon quite can't quite believe can, he's too good yep. to be true, you know. And this is this is all played, all this build up is played very much in the the sort of British war film of the small band that are going to stay behind to hold off the yes, the blow enemy. up the bridge knowing, or yeah, whatever, knowing yeah. they're going to die. It's yeah. a it's a, a a very traditional. I don't know if it's the rest of the world, but very traditional British um, story point, and yeah. it's handled superbly here. And it's they're playing it. Like I say, if this would have been the end of it, this would have all fitted as well because they're it playing it like they know they're going to die. Mm. And it's it, it's where I always bits that get me always where people are going to sacrifice for that's not going to benefit themselves. They're doing it for the greater good and stuff like that. Um, and it's like there's a 
there's a lovely scene in Dad's Army um, in season two when they think the Germans are invading and uh, Captain Manowin says to uh, Jones and Fraser, we'll hold them at the crossroads. Yeah, he says, yeah, of course, remember. That'll, be, that'll be the end of us. And they both, without hesitation, go, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're... It's it's amazing, and this is this has got that same feeling. Anyone that isn't emotional at this scene, you've either never watched Blake Seven before, and you've come in on this episode, which is a bit strange, but yeah, well done, <laughs> got to start somewhere. Um, or you're you're either an idiot and you don't pay attention to things, or you're a robot. <laughs> yeah. Because even just thinking about it, I'm getting you to get the hairs on the back of your neck go up. Yeah. Just you're waiting for. What gets good. what gets me in this moment between Blake and Avon is this is the last ever scene we ever see of them as crewmates. This yes. is the last time we see Blake on the Liberator. This is the last time the two of them are going to meet properly yeah. until the very last few seconds of the last ever story, you know? And it does sort of tie in as well with, because Blake's just said that he's always trusted him. And then Avon's final words to Blake are, that you can't believe that he did actually betray him. Mm. So it's really nice, yeah, yeah nice, nice little callback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And after that, you know, he goes back to sick bay. The tension yep. builds up. I love the oh. way the lights dim down for this scene. You know, they actually yeah. dim the lights on the uh, flight deck set. And, yeah, which uh, is a, it, it sounds a small thing on a BBC production. That's a huge thing. That's a huge effort for the director to make. Yeah. To yeah. get the lights turned down slightly. Yeah. So well done. Well, well it's, done. It's David Maloney. Yeah. It's David Maloney. Yeah. Quality, quality uh, director. Yeah. We can't hold all of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and uh, Avon says they can't come all through or all come through at once as as the Liberator approaches the fleet. I think you're right. Those models are small because yes. You have a shot of the Liberator next to the alien fleet, and that's not a composite. That's done no, live. That's you've got the Liberator. The, yeah, you've got the three-foot Liberator model with these alien ships just in front, hung on wires. They, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're like hand-sized. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon so. Nothing bigger. All done in camera. Yeah, and stand by to fire. <laughs> you know, the yeah. music builds up, builds up. Each gets a close-up. I love yeah, that. that it, every one, one of them get a close-up yeah. and then fire. And that's yeah, it. That's, that's it. how season two ends. What an amazing ending. Word, that one word fire has got more tension in it than most other series in their entire lives. It's amazing. I mean, there's a, it always amuses me that you get, like, um, I'm a big Star Trek fan, but you get Star Trek fans that go on about the best of both worlds cliffhanger where, yeah. where the ship's going in to attack the ball cube and you get a panning shot of each of the crew members' faces, and then Riker says the yeah. final words, fire. And they're going, this is amazing. It's like, yeah, copied. Yeah, so, been done before 20 yeah. years ago. Yep. <laughs> and, it, and I don't even think it's a case of, okay, it's two two directors had the same idea. It's almost shot for shot. Yeah. They they had watched this. I think they, had, uh, they have acknowledged yeah. it, haven't they? Oh, that, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I think they have. Yeah, so what a terrific way to, 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 oh, to end season it's, two. It's, it's wonderful. I mean... We always say that season one and two is our Blake Seven. Mm. It's our Blake Seven, and I can remember this episode and this ending from the first time round. I I would have been what ten, eleven, and it was shocking. And I remember sort of saying to me, Dad, 
they're, what's, they're coming back, aren't they? What, what's, what's on happening? next they're week? Coming, yeah. <laughs> and it it was oh, it's just superb. It's it's a wonderful fifty two minutes of quality television drama. This and, Star One. And I've said before, you know, if this is how the show went out, I'd have oh, been totally happy, be happy with that. Yeah. Because if anything, Blake Seven would have gone up even more in my estimation because yep. when season three comes along and season four, it dilutes it, it waters yes. down. If you had just season one and two and it's up to you to decide what happened next, yep. did they make it, you know, it would have been brilliant. Yeah, it's. I think. I mean, I've nothing against season three and four. There's some good quality episodes. There's some standout stuff. But you're right. It the the run of super quality episodes now becomes hit and miss. So mm. for every great episode, you might get a piece of crap, or you might get something that's boring. I mean, that's the biggest sin of all. To yeah. how you can make Blake Seven boring is, you know, that takes some doing. Um, but yeah, this is. This is the capper to the first half of Blake Seven. Yeah. And it's a perfect capper to a perfect first half. Yeah. This is the way to go out. Yeah, oh, wow. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Every, okay. Everyone involved should be incredibly proud. Yes. Yeah. Unless they're dead. And then... <laughs> I'm quite sad now because this is it. We're, we're at the end of season two. I know. That's never it. We're never, we're never going to... Well, we're going to speak about Travis Mack 2 again, but we're never mm. going to visit season two again. No, 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 no. Mm. Well, before we get to behind the scenes, I've got a new... Well, not a new, but I've got an extra little feature for you, right. which which you don't know about. I know. No surprise to me. Yes. Uh, it's something called What If. Okay. 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 And um, it's partially inspired by one of our listeners. Okay. Eddie, right. o- Eddie Oliver. Okay. One of our loyal listeners. Um, I'd already thought about this idea, but then he um, DM'd me, or whatever you call it these days, private messaged me, um, and and said, you know, what do you think would have happened if um, Gareth Thomas and Sally Nivet had not left? How do you think Blake and Jenna would have, you know, uh, been around, you know, Tarrant and Dana, okay? Well, I don't think we would have got talent and Dana. Ah, but let's assume they did. All right. Okay. So this is the hypothetical for this little section of today's episode. All right. Let's assume, right, that Stephen Pacey, Josette Simon were signed on, right? Yeah. Gareth Thomas was signed on, but only for about, say, I don't know, like five episodes. All right. And Sally Nevette was signed on. All right. Right. So that's the proposal, okay? So one of the original plans for season three was there was going to be a search for Blake, okay? They they started it, you know, in Volcano they were looking for Blake, weren't yes, they? You, yeah. you know, but well, it would have it would have been um, season three of Survivors, wouldn't it? Where they were searching yes. for uh, Ian. Yeah. All right. Ian so McCulloch. so Greg. So, so take that bit, right? Okay, yep. so let's say season three starts as we know it, all right? Aftermath, you know, the very first one, happens yep. exactly as we saw it. But then I thought, what about in power play? You know when um, um, Callie and Villa go to Chenga, right? Yeah. You know, the body part place, right? What about if they found Jenna there? Jenna was actually there, right? So Jenna gets back onto the Liberator when Villa and Callie do, right? Yeah. What do you think the dynamic would have done if 
um, if Jenna had come back with Callie and Villa, do you think that would have changed the dynamic? Do you think Avon wouldn't have become, you know, the leader if Jenna was there at that moment? Well, you could have used you could have used Jenna's presence to bump up Taron because you could have had Jenna recognizing Taron and knowing the name, you know, respect for him. You could have gone an interesting way on that. You could have perhaps done some sort of romantic thing between Tarrant and Jenna and when Blake finally comes back on board he's a bit jealous but that would have been that would have been probably handled horribly um I like I mean when Blake comes back on I can actually visualize sort of scenes where where Blake says it's good to be back on my ship and Avon says my ship I think you're fine and they get into an argument over the details of the contract because Blake will say, <laughs> no, no, I, I said the, you'd have the ship when the Federation fell. The Federation's still there. And, then, you know, you can, you can see all that. I don't, I, I, I can't see Tarrant fitting in with Blake on the ship. Well, I don't before quite we, see how it could work. Before we get to Blake coming back, we've got this whole thing yeah. of Tarrant reckons he's a big pilot, doesn't he? Yeah. Jenna is a big pilot, so I don't think there'll be much in the way of romance between Jenna no. and Tarrant. Well, you, you, you could, there's two ways in it. You could either handle it where they're rivals, but I, I think it would have been more interesting to have it where they... I mean, it'd be twee if they had known each other before, but you could, you could do it in a way that would work. Um, and wouldn't that be an interesting dynamic if Jenna sided with Tarrant over Avon? Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Um, Ooh, yes, that and, would. Yeah, because because Jenna could have been. I mean, you'd have to rewrite the Tarrant character, but Jenna could have been torn between her loyalty because Avon was there at the beginning, and her knowledge that Tarrant is probably better for them in the long run is a better asset than Avon. That's true. Yeah, yeah which could have been really really interesting. That could um, have and been. it could couldn't have given a bit of meat to Jenna uh, to the actress Sally Novette that could have kept her on, you know, if she'd, have, if she'd have known that this, this beefy emotional scenes were coming up, mm, perhaps, mm. perhaps she betrays Avon, you know, perhaps yeah, he, she does. He's definitely sidelined yeah. if that happens, yes, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. He's, he's back to be in <laughs> third or fourth fiddle, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, which would cause him to become a more annoyed person, which would mean he would start picking on, uh, Villa, perhaps Tarrant would step in and stop Avon picking on Villa. That's yeah. interesting. That would have been far yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Blake coming back, right? Yes. I, I I thought of a way of getting Blake back, right? Yeah. So if if the rest of the uh, season three panned out as we know it, when you get to episode ten, Ultra World, right? Yeah. When Tarrant is going through all those brain tubes and he finds oh, Rel, do you remember? Yeah, yeah. He finds what about Blake. If he finds Blake, yes. Yeah. And then manages to get the brain of Blake back into his body. And at the end of Ultra World, Blake is back on board his ship. Yeah. That's when you get the, 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 the Blake Avon conflict of uh, whose ship is it, you know? Yeah. I think a more interesting idea as well, if if Blake and Jenna had come back and they'd have realised their parts are a bit more meaty, they stay on, they sign up for season four. So season four would have been known about, so it could have been planned better. 
it would have you wouldn't have had anywhere near the season four you had. No, you know, it, that that would be so far out of the, the. Well, well, no, it couldn't because you know the terminal is the hunt for Blake yeah. and 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 you know the destruction of the Liberator. So season four would have had the Liberator. Yeah. But my question is, if Blake came back to the Liberator, he can't destroy Star One. Unless all the Andromedans were killed, yeah, which I can't believe, but you know, but Star One got destroyed, didn't it? In the oh, battle, of course so, it did. Yeah. Yes, Star One. That's another point. If Star One got destroyed, that's open for all Andromedans to come through. Yeah, but then they, it was. I mean, season three is almost a reboot, isn't it? So Star One's suddenly a, a space station. There's no mention of the Andromedan. Ever again. Uh, ever again. There's the, the battle was galaxy-wide. It wasn't just one section. So, yeah, I think try, trying to reconcile what's said in Season 3 with the episode Star 1, impossible. You can't right. do it. Okay, so Star 1 is destroyed. It's gone, okay. yeah. What does Blake do now, then? Well, I think he's he, he's going to say something like, we've weakened the Federation, now we're going for the heart. I mean, you could have had a Terminal-style story where it's Blake... And the person he's tracking down, he thinks Servalan is there, has been injured, and is so you you, you could do it that mm-hmm. way. You could you could swap the characters around, um, and then you could have, I suppose, Avon is then the voice of reason. That'd be you know? funny. Yeah, I think that would be good. But Blake would still he I think he would he would still be going after the Federation. But I think he would be going because Servalan's taken direct control i think it would now become personal yeah. none of this blake versus none of this Sever- serverland go. yeah it would be blake versus serverland so that blake's tracking trying to track serverland down hmm. um i think you'd have to you'd probably kill a couple of the cast off sometime during season three you'd have to i think hmm. you know i don't know i imagine sally novet would get bored again and, and leave or actually <laughs> jan chappelle would get bored and leave so you Callie would probably still be killed off. Mm. Um, it's too many cast members. Too many. Yeah, you do need a cull, yeah. don't you? You yeah. would need a cull, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. It was a nice little hypothetical, hypothetical, and thank you, yeah. Eddie, for um, yeah, thank, spurring for me on. Yes. Yeah. All right. And any anyone else listening, let us know on Facebook where, where you think it would go. Yeah. Where? Yeah. yeah. What would season three have been and season four? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... What would get... it have been if the Daleks had have turned up? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. All right, so behind the scenes, all right, for this yeah. story. Um, um, due to the BBC rules at the time, um, David Maloney um, couldn't be given a director credit. He directed right. this, okay, because Vera Lorimer was ill, and he had to step in and yeah. direct it. But... Back then, with the BBC, you can't produce and direct, okay? So that's why in the uh, credits, there's no um, director name, okay? Makes sense. Yeah. Do you know of a metal band called Star One? I do not. I didn't think you you would. You could have just ended that question with, do you know of a metal band? And I'd go... No. Uh, Iron Maiden? <laughs> Are they metal still? Well, apparently there is one called Star yeah. One. Okay. Oh, well. Yes. And Any relation? They, yes, absolutely. Oh. They've got an album called Space Metal. Oh. Okay. That's got a song called Intergalactic Space Crusaders, which is based on Blake, Blake Seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All right, that's the first bit. Um, the exteriors of Star One is a uh, coal mine, okay? Right. And, uh, you, 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 you know, a worked-out coal mine called yeah. Lightmore Colliery, which is oh, in Gloucestershire, all right? It looks bloody cold. Well, all Blake 7 exteriors yeah, look true. cold, yeah, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and um, for, you know, when, when Cali lobs those bombs over the hill... Yeah. Right, I've got a quite a lengthy quote from Paul Darrow on this. All right, are you ready? Yep. Okay, this is all about the explosion when the bombs went off. Um, we probably had three or four cameras set up for this explosion, and Peter Pegram, who was the BBC's, you know, um, uh, BBC's uh, explosive guy, okay, yep. had gone way over the top. I think he actually had about a pound of gelignite in each hole, and on top of that, stuffed 15 or 16 gallons of petrol. I was on the brow of a hill about 300 yards away with one camera, and again, I was near Pegram, who wanted a bird's-eye view of what happened when he pressed the button. I said to him, We are safe, aren't we? And he said, No trouble at all. We ran the cameras, Pegram hits the button, and you've never seen an explosion in your entire life. The SAS would have been proud of it, as this huge ball of fire went up into the air. Unfortunately, the wind was blowing towards us, and I thought, that ball of fire is getting exceedingly big. I panned up and couldn't find the top of it, so I thought, it's time to disappear from here. I took my eye away from the camera, looked up at this huge ball of fire, and legged it, just as the ball of fire engulfed the camera. Pegrim had actually ran before I had, <laughs> and by the time I got back to the camera, it had stopped because all the wiring and battery cables had melted. So, wow. yeah, a big explosion. Oh, dear, yeah. That's BBC pyrotechnic guys for you. Yep. Letters. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stuff all your digital nonsense now. This War of the Worlds that's coming out in two weeks... There's no, <laughs> nobody was on set blowing things yeah. up. You know, no. it's all, it, it's, it's all pixels now. And uh, give me this every time. Yeah, if someone hasn't lost their eyebrows because of it, I don't want to yeah. watch it. If yeah. you haven't got the smell of burning hair, yeah. you haven't done it properly. Yes. Correct. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Lorena. Okay, lovely lady. Wish you had yep. met her. I wish you had gone to Cygnus Alpha. Yeah, I wish I had done now. She, when I spoke to her at Cygnus Alpha, she's like, oh, oh people are interested in, in, in interested in me. And it's like, yeah, come on, come on, do it. So yeah. she might be at the new maximum power that's oh, next year. It would be good. Um, not much in the way of genre stuff, I'm afraid. Um yeah. She did mainly dramas like, you know, Zed Cars and Crown yeah. Court and things like that. But I didn't know until, you know, Ian, uh, you know, the, the guy running Cygnus Alpha mentioned yeah. that she was famous for being Zamo's mum in Grange oh, right. Hill. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. I never watched Grange Hill. I was at college then. I was too old for that, you know. And then went on to be somebody called Claire Warner in Biker Grove. Never used to watch that. No. Well, it's got Ant and Deck. Ant so, and Deck. Oh, oh, yeah. Can't stand Ant and Deck. So, genre tally, very small too. Wow. I told you last week she was meant to be in Vampire Circus as a schoolgirl. Yes, girl. yeah, you said, yeah. 
I have not seen her, but apparently she is in that. So, yeah, Vampire Circus and Blake Seven. That's wow. it. Wow. That's her lot. That isn't a lot, is it? Bless no, it. no. So, yeah, sorry, Jenny. Lovely yeah. lady. You need to do more. Yeah. Yeah, she need, needs to do more sci-fi. Indeed. All right, so that's it. That's us over. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, lovely, yeah, so... lovely story. It was. Um, it's a brilliant story. So we've hit one thirty-nine plus clips. This could over be over two, two hour hours. One. Over yeah. two hours. Over two hours. Easily. Yeah. All right. Next week. Count last week's as well. Yeah. Indeed. Star one. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Double bill. Yeah. Um, next week's might be smaller um, because we're on to um, you know major character time. Yeah. And next time because she has now gone. We are talking Jenna Stannis. Jenna right. Stannis, yeah. Yeah. Big so, character, but probably not a lot to talk about. Not a lot to say, yeah. yeah. It's a shame, yeah. yeah. All right, so, yeah, thank you, uh, everyone out there. And yes, see us next listening. time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, as Ian and I were saying, any thoughts on what would have season three and four have been if Blake and Jenna had stayed? Yeah, let us know on Facebook, please. Yeah, I suppose if if Blake had stayed, we could have kept Travis, couldn't we? We could. Have oh, you would have loved Travis. that. I'd have loved that. Yeah. Yeah, but what if there was Travis Mark Three? Well, there's a question oh, there you for you. Who would play him? Right there, you go. There's yeah. the question about what uh, 1980, 1981. Yeah. Who could have been Travis Mark Three in the BBC's price range? Yeah, here you go. Here's a little idea. So they've signed up Stephen Pacey to play Tarrant. Then Gareth Thomas says, you know what, lads? I'm not going to leave. They go, ah, we haven't really... We don't need this character now. Do you want to play Travis? Stephen Pacey as Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I think he might have been all right, because we've seen he can act. He, yes. You know, he, when we played his brother, he can when act. When he played his brother, yeah. yes, yes. So there we Travi- go. Stephen Pacey is a Travis we never had. Wow. All right, listener, over to yeah. you. Yeah. Would Stephen Pacey have been a good Travis Mark III? If not, who could have been would Travis have, yeah. Mark III back in 1980? Yeah. All right. There okay. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to this. That'd be a good one. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right, Ian, see you nice next one. week for Jenna, all right? Yep, see you next week then. Right. Thanks right. Bye. 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 Bye.